Hello and welcome to Rural Business Uncovered, brought to you by the CLA, where each week we discuss matters affecting the rural sector. The Country Land and Business Association are the only organisation dedicated to protecting and defending the rights of landowners and rural businesses. This week, we're taking a look at farm diversification, and we're joined by Fraser McCauley, Senior Policy Advisor for the CLA in Wales. Welcome, Fraser. Hello. Really good to be here. And we're also joined by CLA member Rhys Jones, who, after returning from university, set up a gym based on the family farm called Cattle Strength. Chrysler, welcome, Rhys. Hi, are you okay? Pleasure to be here. Well, it's great to have you both on, on the podcast. And Therese, can I just start with you? And we'll talk about cattle strength in just a moment. But first, tell us a bit more about the family farm. Um, so we're quite a small business, a small family farm uh, in West Wales. Um, we've got a dairy herd of around 60, 70 cattle. Uh, we also have about 500 sheep as well. Um, yeah, so plenty to do there. And it's just me and my dad alone. And uh, so alongside the farm, you've developed Cattle Strength, which is a gym based on the farmyard. So if, where, where did that idea come from and why did you want to do it? Um, to be honest with you, I kind of fell into it. Um, I've always had a passion for um, exercise and health. And um, I, always, I always used to travel quite far to go to a gym just because I live in the middle of nowhere. So um, I had a gym on the farm, like a small shed. Um, a bit of weights equipment and um, some cardio equipment and uh, so I trained there and then all of a sudden the plumber that works on the farm asked me if I'd consider training him just me and him so I I actually really enjoyed it um, then after that his wife wanted to join me and then his his daughter and then his friend and all of a sudden I had a bit of a client base um, so, so from there then I decided oh, I I can, I'm enjoying this. I can go into it. So I started building the gym slowly and a little hobby turned into a bit of a side hustle type of thing. And now it's a running business that I run with the farm. And I'm sure you get some people um, comment to say, well, you know, you're a farmer, you're fit enough as it is. Why have a gym on the farmyard? And I remember growing up on the family farm. If I was to tell my father I'm off to the gym, he would say, well, if, if you want more exercise, do, do some more farm work. Yeah. <laughs> my dad still tells me that now, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just a thing a lot of farmers say these days. Obviously, it was it is true in some respect, but I think it was a lot truer back in the day. Whereas these days, things are getting a lot easier on the farm. Um, you know, machinery does most of the work now, to be honest. Um, so it's definitely definitely important to stay healthy um, outside the farm as well. If that makes sense. Yeah, and what do your neighbours think, and, and and the farming community around you think? Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, it's a bit of a shock initially. I think it took a bit of a while to getting used to where we live. Um, you know, there's a bit of an old-fashioned um, approach with some people maybe that, you know, you should just farm and there's plenty of work on the farm and there's not enough time in the day to do other things and being busy is, a, is like a badge of honour type of thing. But I think you just, you know, there's, there's, you, you can definitely do the same together. Me and my dad manage it quite quite well to be honest with you i think you touch upon a number of interesting points around how training and going somewhere to, to train is good for your mental health because we know how farming can be quite a lonely profession yeah definitely um obviously you know everyone knows that farming is a lonely job and 
uh, the suicide rates with farming um, actually stand out um, in, in, the, in the working field, if that makes sense. Um, so it's definitely important to stay on top of mental, mental health as well as, as well as physical health. Um, yeah, I think it's massively important to be honest with you. Mm. And there's a positive relationship between the two. You know, if you're healthy physically, it helps them, uh, your, your mental fitness as as well. Um, you mentioned that you started uh, the enterprise by you know your plumber and some some friends and uh, and people you had in and around you on the farm anyway. But but what's your client base like by now? Has it grown to people from far and wide traveling to you because they like it's a it's a different environment than than a normal gym? Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, I. I personally train for about six hours a day, so I'll do three hours in the morning and then from about half six till um, about 10 o'clock or something like that. And then I'll farm in between and then I'll personal train in the night then from about four till seven. So um, I'm limited to the amount of people that I can get to the gym. Um, so most of my clients are relatively local, I'd say within, say, 25 miles. But um about two years ago, I started um, online training as well. So I have an, an app that I can train people online. Um, yeah, and over the last two years, I've worked with people from Norway, America, um, a few people in England, Scotland. So yeah, it's a bit of a change, to be honest, working with different people now. Yeah. And the online training, did that start pre-COVID? Was that something you, you were going to do uh, before the pandemic struck? Yeah, to be honest with you, uh, there was a bit of luck that went my way in that respect. It's quite lucky for me to say because COVID tends to be all negative. But I, uh, I started my online training about four months before anyone knew what COVID was. Um, so I was quite lucky in that respect that all the gyms closed and people started started training from home and wanted a plan to follow. So it kind of fell in quite nicely for me to be able to build my business. Um yeah, that's one positive that's come out of COVID, definitely for me. Yeah, and, and you managed to, to to get the timing just right there. Well, well Frazy, if I can just p- pull you in and um, tell us a bit more about your role with the CLA and just hearing, you know, the uh, the excellent work that Reese has done with his farm diversification. I'm sure you've come across many members with all sorts of diversification ideas, um, and perhaps you can share some of the s- some of the most impressive ones that you've come across in in the last few years. Yeah, um, well, it's really interesting what what Reese has done. Um, as a membership organisation, I think we have about just under three thousand members in Wales, um, and we do have quite a broad range from kind of smaller kind of family farms right up to kind of larger estates, which traditionally have quite a lot of diversification within them. Um, but something we're always saying to our members is it's always good to kind kind of widen your appeal or widen your business base to not just include. Um, you know, livestock production or, or milk production, whatever, whatever happens to be. Um, I think our normal um, kind of diversifications are to do with holiday lets and kind of uh, probably more on-farm processing of kind of milk or, or you know, butchery boxes or sell direct from their farm. So it's really interesting to hear kind of a bit more of a kind of niche thing that, that Reese is doing really. So, yeah, I mean, it's also good to um share with members the opportunities that are available um you know if you've got some buildings if you've got some expertise um then it's a really good opportunity to try and make the most of that as as reese has clearly done 
And diversification is quite a broad label, and it's not necessarily the tradition traditional uh, projects that, that that come fall within that category, like your your farmlets, uh, holidaylets, etc. You know, diversification come in the form of working off farm, having another income source or, or a skill that you have. Um, so, so there's all you know, so real wide variety of things you can get involved with. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I suppose something similar we've um, I spoke to a few members about is is and we think it's really good to to show the public what what goes on on farm so i'm sure when reese's kind of clients come and visit the farm and and that you know they're doing the workouts wherever they're doing the it's an opportunity to talk about what goes on the farm you know the the, the difficulties and and opportunities that are currently going on in terms of brexit in terms of changes to to wider farm policy um so i think some of the members have, have kind of started farm walks and have taken their Kind of um, open up the farm and, and showing people around and showing how the how the farming systems work or how milk's produced or where the the cattle or sheep come from. So we think it's we think it, it's really good to try and show people that um, farming it's traditional in some ways, but it's also um, there's quite a lot of things that that take place on the farm and there's also um, kind of diversifications available if, if they want to. Mm. Would you say that the majority of farms have some form of diversification within their businesses and those farms that haven't diversified are by now in the minority? Um, I suppose, I mean, farming, as we know, and agricultural businesses are really varied. You know, there's a huge range of them. Um, and I speak to a lot of a lot of members who are quite traditional in their in their focus. They do they do like to um, farm their sheep or their beef within Wales. Um, but as I, as I mentioned earlier, I think it's really important. Currently, there's quite high prices, as I'm sure Reese knows, for, for kind of beef and sheep at the moment, um, which is really positive. But we know in the future things are, can can change and, and the vagaries of the market it might, might change that. So, you know, we do we do try and advise the members to try and make the most of whatever kind of uh, capital they've got on the farm or infrastructure, whether that is open up a gym or a cafe or... Um, or some other kind of, of shop, which you can just just broaden their their um, kind of income base a little bit, just to make them a bit more resilient. Because you know, being resilient in terms of changing markets and also things like climate change and weather is is really important for like the long term success of the business. And it's a way of spreading the risk, isn't it? Having multiple businesses and, and, and Reese, you know, having the farm and the gym. So when COVID struck and you couldn't do so much gym work, having the farm was was a good way of supporting the business going. So, so together, they complement each other quite well. Yeah, massively. Um, and like any other income stream, really, if one thing's down, then you've got another thing you can rely on um, as a bit of a buffer. Um, I think it's really important um, if you're just doing the same thing. The same thing. If if that goes down, then you, you you're in trouble, aren't you? <laughs> and which do you prefer, Reese, farm work or, or or the gym personal training? I think I like a bit of a balance, to be honest. Yeah, um, I think my dad would uh, be very annoyed if I said it was the gym work. <laughs> um, no, I think it's it's the balance. Like I love the farming. I love the, um, like the life that comes with it. To be honest with you, um, I've got three young children now, um, and I love the fact that they're going to grow up on a farm. Um, that's really important to me. So um, it, it honestly is a balance, I'd say 50-50. Yeah, and it's enabled you to, to raise a family in a rural part of rural Wales, uh, and, and that in itself is, is is a great thing. Yeah, that's really important to me. Um, like I said earlier, I'm so happy that they get to grow up on a farm. Um, the opportunities that come with that, um, whether they want to work in the gym or whether they want to work in a farm or 
working, new looking in town, you know, I don't really mind, but it's nice that they get to live in uh, where they live mm-hmm. in, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and Fraser, for, for those listening who are thinking about diversifying or po- possibly have an idea, what are some of the barriers in setting up uh, a venture? We obviously clearly you need to have the funding in place and planning permissions. Those are the type of things you need to consider very early on in the planning process. Um, they are, but um, what I always advise and what and some of my other colleagues advise is is to really kind of have a sit down with with all those involved at the very beginning to really think about. Is it something you really want to do? Take the example of, say, um, opening campsites, which a lot of farmers have done this year because of um, COVID restrictions, meaning a lot more people are staying within the UK, which is a great thing. Uh, more people getting out to kind of the countryside of Wales is, is really positive. But, for example, if you do want to deal with the with with public, uh, with the public, you know, every weekend when you're having a busy day on the farm, you ought to come and manage um, you know, holiday makers, then, you know, it's, it's really important that you're aware of of the of what's going to be involved in any new kind of diversification so sitting down really early with um with you know all those involved such family members but also kind of considering finance at very early stage i mean you know um you know whether it's the cla who advises you or whether it's your your accountant or or your bank manager sit down early with all those involved and really kind of costing things out and putting up and putting a kind of uh, a budget in place is really important, as as as, all, as most farmers know. I mean, that's what they do day to day with their with their actual agricultural side of the business. So, think approaching it in a very similar way um, is something that's is a, is probably a good way to start. Um, and then also, once you've made that plan, start to think about the the kind of the authorities you need to you need to talk about. You know, if you're with a national park and you need to make some some changes to you know put some building up buildings up, whatever happens to be starting early is uh, is really important um and having a really good idea of how long it's going to take to get those permissions because as we know um if you are going to put new buildings up and you've costed it all out then you know raw materials do change and uh, they're, they're going up quite a lot at the moment so i know quite a lot of our, our members who might want to put up a new um a new shed for the livestock and and still play they've, they've obtained funding for it but because the price has gone up it, it makes it really difficult um, so yeah, speaking all to speaking to all the the authorities and you know whether it's Natural Resources Wales is also a really important body to speak to, um, and and yeah your local planning authority. So um, yeah, just kind of taking it um, taking a long term view of it, asking yourself is it really something I want to commit to and and involved with and be involved with, and do the rest of the the family want to be involved in as well. But just to go back on what Reese was saying earlier. Um, about growing up on a or having having your kids grow on a farm, you know that it's a really good thing. But also by diversifying, um, it actually allows more family members to, to to be part of that business because a small farm with, with you know with three families on it's quite difficult to make a living for everyone. So if you do diversify, it does provide that option for for, for more families to stay within within that local area, which is really good. Yeah, it does help with the succession within farming families. And and picking up on, on the point around understanding what regulations apply and with the advent of devolution, um, you know, there are different planning policies in England compared to Wales. And those are the things, particularly if you're farming and running a businesses cross-border, those are things you really need to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. Um, you, you know, agriculture is devolved, as is, is quite a lot of things. And even for someone who... Who, who works in kind of Welsh government policy um, areas? I previously worked in in England as well in policy. It's not everyone. It's still quite hard to get to grips with everything that's devolved and what's not. 
Um, so, you know, just kind of do, doing your research and find out what, what actually applies to you or not is really important. I mean, less so um, if you're not a cross-border farm, um, then it's it's less important, but it is really, it's, it's quite vital to know what applies to you in specific areas. And yeah, there's a kind of broad planning policy Wales, which is kind of the high level um, kind of strategy for what Welsh can wish to see in terms of their planning. But, you know, it's also there's local area plans for each planning authority, which do change. So as I said earlier, involving kind of planning experts at the beginning before you do anything is really important. And Therese, as you were developing the business, I know it sort of almost happened uh, but, but by accident more than design, but, but I'm sure once, once you, you, you saw the business opportunity, you really wanted to propel that, that gym on the farm. Did you have any support uh, in that process? Did you have any grant funding to help you develop? To be completely honest with you, I was, I was a bit slow to the party with that sort of thing. Um, I didn't research it enough. Looking back, in hindsight, um, I was really stupid to do so, and I should have um, gone down that route a little bit more. Um, I have had some support during um, the COVID pandemic that's helped me massively. Um, but in hindsight, looking back, I didn't do enough research into that side of the business, um, and it's something that I should have done. Do you think sometimes if there's too much emphasis being put on, you must have the business plans all in place, does that put some people off? And sometimes it is better that you just give it a go and, and find out whether it works and then grow the business from there? For me personally, it is a bit daunting um, just trying to find these grants and knowing who to speak to. Um, obviously, I've developed, I've learned as I've matured, if that makes sense. I know now that I can approach the CLA and people like that but back then I wasn't as clued on to be honest with you and I it is a bit daunting for me it was just a case of jumping in um backing myself to do something that I know I could do and luckily it's it's worked and it's important to have just that self-belief to be honest yeah and Fraser it's about raising awareness within the farming community of the support that's available yeah definitely I was just going to come in there actually because the um I mean, Welsh government websites are notoriously quite difficult to navigate in terms of finding all the available schemes or or or, or, or grants or, or whatever happens to be your finance arrangements. You know, it's quite difficult to really kind of drill down onto what applies to you, where it's available, how long you've got to apply, is the expression of interest window open? Um, you know, do I need to supply, you know, um, 40% of the funding or will Welsh government do that? Um, is the private sector, um, you know, outside the public sector, is the private sector schemes available as well? Um, whether it's, you know, our cultural supply chains or whatever happens to be. So one of our things we're looking at, particularly um, well, within our organisation, particularly when the new um, kind of agricultural policy is developed to sustainable farming scheme, um, which is going to come alongside the Agriculture Wales Bill next year, is, is really trying to, to make the guidance, make our own guidance, which kind of signpost people to what applies to who, where and when. And, um, and yeah, really try and navigate it, navigate through it. Because even someone who, you know, I'm on the websites most days um, trying to search things or get guidance, it is quite difficult. And if you're in a, you know, a farm as well as gym, as well as got a load of kids and, you know, there's deliveries being made every, you know, everyone, whatever happens to be, it's quite difficult to keep on top of it. So, Hopefully, um, particularly in the next few months and into next year, that's going to be one of our key focuses going forward. 
Mm. And one of the key areas, of course, that's going to feature within the Agriculture Bill and the Sustainable Farming Scheme will be climate change. The Welsh Government has appointed a, a minister and a deputy minister with that uh, as their portfolio focus. To what extent is climate change going to impact the development of diversification, do you think, Fraser? Um, well, I think um, it, it's going to impact it massively. Like It's going to impact pretty much every government policy and every kind of business action as we go forward into the future. Um, you know, farming agriculture is, you know, the industry that can really mitigate and and sequester carbon. So it's got a really important part to play going forward. Um, diversification um, is, is, is obviously affected by it. I mean, the planning authorities are quite, um, can be quite stringent if there's going to be uh, developments that, are, you know, whether it's to do with pollution or adding to, you know, nitrates or phosphates in particular water catchment, then they are quite strict on that. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's still going to be really important, important going forward. And we know diversification and co- contributes to sustainable businesses in terms of the economics. So, you know, without farm businesses being there, it's going to be really difficult for them to take the actions to, to mitigate climate change, um, which we all want and, and need to see in the future. For members, CLA Insurance are more than just a broker. We are trusted advisors, providing the highest level of service and value for money for farm, land and estate, home, motor as well as business, legal expenses and trustee indemnity insurance. Contact the CLA Insurance team today on 01234 230295 or visit www.clainsurance.co.uk for a no-obligation quotation. if I can just come back to you uh, on that what are you most excited about for 2022 a lot of changes lie ahead but what's what excites you about the business and and the farm going forward um I'm always trying to grow my business to be honest it's just uh, what comes with that um obviously like I said before I'm only limited at the moment I'm only training six hours a day so there is a bit of room in my gym to um maybe offer some new classes that some coaches could come in and coach coach in the gym so maybe hire someone else um, maybe a secondary personal trainer or maybe offer yoga classes and hiring a professional to come in then that's something I definitely want to work on um, I do want to try and build um, the online training as well because that just gives me the opportunity to work with more people and um, try and build like everything else that comes with it so I do sell a bit of merchandise as well that's something that that could definitely grow um, and I would sorry there's a few things and I would like to tie in um, more of the farm into the actual gym. So maybe run more specific farm fit classes. So maybe it was, you know, some tires, um, some sandbags, things on the farm, like bags of sawdust and things like that. Get people actually out on the farm training as well, which is not something I really do at the moment. Yeah, and that links into some farm education, isn't it? And potentially could, could be something that would would be of 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 interest with with, with schools, uh, etc. But in terms of the logistics, then, Reese, give us um, an overview of where actually the gym is located in respect to the farm and the farmyard. Is it right bang in the middle? Uh, does that create prop challenges when you've got busy tractor work taking place and clients yeah. turning up? Yeah, gym- how does it work? The gym is bang on in the middle of the farm, um, right next door to the milking parlour. 
<laughs> so uh, <laughs> it can be a challenge, to be honest. Sometimes we've had, uh, sometimes in the summer when we bring the cows in for milking, um, someone's forgot to put the rope up and the cows are literally outside the front door of the gym trying to get in. <laughs> um, yeah, all sorts has happened, to be honest with you. But I think it comes with uh, part of the experience. I think my clients like that part of coming to cattle strength because who knows what they're going to see on the day, to be honest with you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, like I said, it's right in the middle of the farm. Um, so it's very, it's a very busy atmosphere. I, I obviously I make sure that it's safe. Um, no one's running around the yard. Um, if there's anything's going on, um, I make sure no children are on the yard. Yeah. And do your clients uh, like the element of exclusivity because it's not a, a massive gym where there's going to be hundreds potentially of other people training there at the same time? It's quite intimate. It's you and them and possibly a few others. They probably quite value that. Yeah, that's what I've aimed to specialize in, to be honest. So a small group of personal training or one-to-one -one personal training. Um, a lot of people um, don't have the confidence to go to a commercial gym and start weight training because they don't know what to do and they're scared people are going to look at them or laugh at them or judge them. So just coming into that um, closed environment where it's just them, the coach, and people they trust, I think people value that quite a lot. Um, so it's definitely something I specialize in. I could potentially work with um, more than six clients at a time, but I limit it to about five, to be honest, at a maximum, just because you lose that quality of coaching if you go over. So I focus on quality rather than quantity in that six hours I'm there. Yeah. And, and I guess one of your biggest challenges is time management. So how do you balance the gym, the farm and the family? That's hard. That's um, what I'm trying to trying to improve on every day, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, that's the biggest struggle. It's you just nothing to it but to do it, really. you just got to get up, really. Um, make a list of what you, <laughs> what you need to do for the day. Check it off. Um, and hope you've got it all done by the end of the day. But yeah, definitely planning is a big thing. Um, try and do a to-do list, try and plan the week ahead, plan the next day. That helps me massively. Um, if I don't do that, I'm lost. Um, yeah, that's the main thing, to be honest with you. And there are days with farming, some days are just extremely busy and some days, some days are more quiet. Like today is quite quiet because it's a storm outside and not, not much is going to happen today. But you know, in the middle of summer when we're shearing or when we're in the middle of silage, it's, it's hectic. Mm. Do, do you close the gym for any periods uh, within the year or is it, is it open all year round? Um, my clients, I have a really good um, understanding with my clients. If When silage comes and we've got to go, there's nothing I can do. Um, the gym closes then, but and they're all very understanding. I offer them all a free session. They go in on their own. They do their own thing. I'll text them a session through and they'll just see me in the tractor driving past the gym, carting, carting it in. <laughs> they're all quite very understanding, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I guess if you're harvesting some small hay bales, they can help you on the field. That's the plan. I went to the F, but next, this summer now, they'll, they'll be helping for sure. It's hard to get staff these days, so... Um, yeah. <laughs> they might yeah, to put two and two together there, possibly. Uh, and Fraser, I know we picked up on this earlier, but but give us a summary of, of all the support the CLA can offer its members when farm diversification comes comes in, in question. Um, so, well, th there's a couple of things, really. There's the uh, there's, there's two sides, really. There's the, there's the kind of lobbying side to so this work that goes on with kind of government, with national government and local government, but also UK government in terms of making the rules 
easier and, and more accessible or, or offering more support to tiny farmers and, and rural businesses. And then there's the actual specific side of, of giving specific advice to, for, to, to a member who calls up who wants to diversify. Um, you know, there's quite a broad range of, of staff within the organisation, both within the CLA Cymru office and the CLA HQ office in, in, in London as well. Um, you know, we've got really experienced um, national surveyor um, who deals with diversification all the time, you know, um, can gives a really good kind of initial views about the, the pitfalls about, um, you know, what you're about to embark on. Uh, but then we also have kind of experts as well. We have a kind of head of planning who's who's super familiar with all the, the intricacies of the planning system, both in England and Wales. But then there's also legal department as well who, you know, cover different specific areas of law. So depending on what the diversification is, what, what the issue is, whether it's a, an ongoing kind of issue or there's neighbourly disputes, whatever, whatever happens to be, there's really kind of broad range of expertise. And there's been a lot of staff who have worked with the organisation for, for quite a long time. So there's not that many things um, that they're not familiar with. Um, so yeah, it's about kind of just identifying what the what the issue is and find out the best person to, to to give them give them that advice. And that's the beauty of working with such a large organisation such as the CLA because you've got all that expertise in, in, in all in one place. So that's a great uh, uh, fountain of knowledge and support. Now, as we draw this podcast to a close, there is one final question I want to ask both of you. And what? How would you describe your top tips for others starting a new venture on the farm? Starting with you, Fraser. Then I'll come on to you, Reese. So, what's your what's your top tips? Top tip is um, sit down early on with everyone involved and have a really open and candid conversation about what you want to do, why you want to do it, and and the the implications for, for you, your business, and your family. And then the second one is to is to get advice, expert advice in early. It doesn't have to be paid for advice, or it doesn't have to be, be specific, but um, really, you know, speak to people, whether it's neighbours or or um, surveyors or, or advisors, whatever happens to be, to really get some kind of a get thorough understanding of what you're about to do. Um, and then get on and give it a crack and, and, and see where it takes you. Great advice there. And how about you, Rhys? I would probably say um, if it's something that you're passionate about and you know in your heart um, that you definitely want to do it, I would just say back yourself because um, there's going to be plenty of people. They could be your friends, your family members that will tell you not to do it. Um, for different reasons so I'd say back yourself and secondly I would say seek professional advice just to make sure that you've got everything right which is something I didn't do at the start and I could have gained about two years um, if I'd have done that so those two things. Mm. Some really good advice coming through from both of you there. Have the courage to, to, to get on with it and just take some advice because and learn from other people's mistakes. Uh, that's always the best way. Well, Fraser and Reese, thank you ever so much for joining this podcast on farm diversification. It's been great to, to, to get to know you and spend the last half an hour in your company. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you very much. If you're not a member of the CLA, you can join today. More information can be found on our website, www.cla.org.uk. Thank you for listening, and I hope you can join us again soon. You've been listening to the Rural Business Uncovered podcast, the CLA's weekly podcast released every Friday. You can find all our episodes wherever you get your podcasts or just search Rural Business Uncovered on your chosen podcast provider. Remember to hit subscribe or follow to make sure you don't miss an episode.